Imagine, if you will, a completely useless and irrelevant podcast. You don't have to. You've downloaded this one. Where two of the three hosts are connected by a third who isn't nearly as smart or funny as they are, but yet does most of the talking. Biff, the smart one, a Japanese native and resident of California by way of Toronto, is a computer programmer, yet is plagued by tech issues most episodes. Biff has played hockey with Jacques since the late 90s. But if Biff is so smart, why does he continue to co-host this podcast? Joe, considered by all who know him, including all the comedian guests they've had, to be the funniest person they know. Yet Joe says the only funny thing about him is his life is a joke. Gifted or cursed, you decide, with encyclopedic knowledge of video games, game shows, and 80 sitcoms. Then there's Jacques. What can be said about Jacques he won't say about himself repeatedly over the course of this episode, as he has every episode before of this Batman Forsaken podcast? The signpost up ahead says turn around, stop listening, but you're still here, sad. You've just crossed over into the Carnival Personnel Podcast. So, I'm dumb. Hey, Biff. What did the gamer say to her sweetheart on Valentine's Day? I do not know, Jacques. (laughs) What did the gamer say to his sweetheart on Valentine's Day? You had me at Halo. (laughs) See, Halo's a game. I have been told that is a humorous anecdote. Please. (laughs) Do you have another one? Hey, Biff, what did the chemist say to her sweetheart on Valentine's Day? I'm sorry. I do not know the answer to that. What did the chemist say to their sweetheart on Valentine's Day? I think if you periodically. (laughs) Just like the periodic table. (laughs) I'm detecting that laughter and applause is artificial. No, the laughter's real. I, 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 I am such a simpleton. I enjoy those jokes, and I also enjoy saying, "Hello, everybody. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. This is Jacques." Hello, I am an AI facsimile of Biff. <laughs> uh, actually, we're hoping to have the real Biff on soon. He is having technical difficulties, um, which hysterically was pointed out in today's intro because now I know what intro I'm going to play. And, uh, and of course our good friend, Joe. The part of Biff today will be played by <laughs> Joe. I guess. Uh, what could, the you hell, keep, could, Biff? could you keep it up the same? Could you keep up the Biff thing? Uh, you sure. Know. I can talk like this. <laughs> Um, anyways, last week's sideshow guest, uh, Maria Dennis, the feedback that I have gotten from that has been beyond tremendous. Um, I got a phone call from my sister-in-law 
because I sent it to my sister, who's you know my niece is a hockey phenom at, at Cushing uh, Academy, and so I had sent it to them, thinking, "Oh, you might find this interesting." Longest conversation I've had with my sister-in-law in the twenty years. You know, we've been we've been in the same uh, circles a whole half hour, huh? Yeah, about about, about a half hour, forty minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then next week's guest that is oh. shorter than a regular conversation <laughs> with a family member. Uh, and then next week's guest, I'm super excited about. So the Maria Dennis one was absolutely great, uh, absolutely great. And you know, a few weeks before that was Bill Fay. And the next week we have John Tobin, who I don't know if there's a bigger name behind the scenes in Boston comedy in the last forty years. I just don't. No, I mean it's. Um... It's going to be exciting. So I apologize to everyone now that you have to wait yet another week. Another week for that. And then, you know, we recorded a podcast today that went way too long because it was awesome with uh, the, 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 we'll drop in a few weeks with uh, Dave LaPointe, who hosts this podcast I love called Complaints and Observation. Uh, there's an author coming on soon. Um, Kathleen Jewell, who wrote the book. Just want to make sure I get the title right. Uh, Live from the Underground. It's a, absolute it's a definitive it's a definitive history of college radio in mm. america how it came about and its impact on music and it's fantastic um and so yeah so we've had some amazing guests and uh you know bill Fay, marie dennis john tobin you know and it's going to continue and uh, I got to get better at letting the guests talk more because uh i'm a big windbag um <laughs> you I know. I it, well, it was you know that was a good thing about like you know the other ones that that you know John Toby could really talk and and you were really like I, I I'm not going to say anything about it except I'm really looking forward to posting it because it was a lot of fun having that talk, and we talked to him like a half hour before and then like a half hour after we stopped recording. Yeah. Um, real inside baseball on the you know intricacies of how Dick Dory's empire was built. <laughs> Wow. On, yes. on the on the back of three dollar dick bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be three dollars, you know. Um, like, and then like wasn't everything in like um multiples of two? Right. <laughs> but and, and so and so if your thing came to like, you know, you know, well, whatever, yeah, you didn't get changed from it. So so yeah. it's it, it was fantastic. Um hey, an update on Bill Fay. Like we had talked about you know him having the rights to the movie happy texas turning it into a play somebody else who i don't want to say yet who's coming on a really good friend of mine happens to manage a couple real a you know a plus double a um artist musical artists like household names worldwide he also has over the past like four or five years been been very involved in producing a couple Broadway hits. Um, Bill and him, have, I put them together, and Bill and him have lunch last week, and they have a follow-up lunch next week. And so Happy Texas is actually moving forward, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, as far as my comedy goes, um, I got, you know, by the time this drops, my gig was two days ago, but I had a gig Saturday night, which I'm sure went fantastic. Uh, up in Manchester, <laughs> New Hampshire, um, podcast guest Jim McHugh, hands down the best, the best crowd work guy in the business. Like you know, today, uh, 
runs a bunch of places in New Hampshire and Maine and runs the Boston Comedy Festival. Um, I have three book things for him coming up. So it's uh it's it's fun, you know, it's 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 fun. I I moved on to the second round. Dante the comic had a virtual comedy, you know, competition um last week, and I was one of the two who moved on from, you know, my day, but I can't do it tonight because yeah, I'm not gonna do an online comedy competition if I have a real show. <laughs> I mean and, and Dante's can't you like do both. I wish I could. Speaking of comedy. I, I last night management was supposed to go with me and then curveball came our way and she couldn't. I saw, you know, our beloved Steve Bjork and undisputed queen of Boston comedy, Christine Hurley last night at a show together. Mm. And as I'm sitting there watching this show and it's a packed place, um, I, it's, it hit me again and it's hit me before just how absolutely spoiled we are in the New England area when it comes to the comedy scene. And oh, I thought you were going to say weather because and, I would have agreed with you. No. <laughs> hey, who's hey, who's ever running the weather machine right now at uh, who controls the weather? I don't know. The, those don't people know. controlling the weather. We've had uh, quite the mild winter. Mm. Um Quite the mild winter indeed. So thank you. Keep it up. Keep it's up the pretty, good work. Pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty mild. Uh, but so I go see them. And I got to tell you, killer 90-minute show. Just just, just dead bodies all over the place. I mean, just fantastic. I've never seen either one of those not just like control a room and, and to see them like, you know, co-headline a show. But here's what amazes me. It was at a function room. And the back of a very old Italian restaurant in Chelmsford, Massachusetts, 30 minutes north of Boston, not off a major highway, off Route 3, not, not an interstate, like a route. And the restaurant is next to, let me think, nothing. Like, literally, <laughs> it, it's nowheresville. So it's not like – and I point that out because – the place was packed, like like standing room only packed. And that was one of maybe, without exaggeration, 12, 15 shows within a 45-minute drive from where I am tonight. So, so tonight I'm opening for, you know, you know, a, a headliner in Manchester. And literally there is a show somewhere with – Mike Trobus tonight, you know, with, with Jim McHugh, with, you know, go to all, all the people who've been on the podcast, you know, uh, uh, Jim Colton, you know, uh, you know, just just to name a few. But they're all usually somewhere in New England headlining a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night at an Elks, at a VFW, at a function hall, an Italian restaurant. I mean, yes, you can go to Nick's Comedy Stop in Boston, which, you know, John Tobin owns and it's a landmark it's famous it's iconic it's it's boston's it's boston's comedy store you know what i mean but yes but but if you out in the suburbs you know i mean the you know wicked funny you know at, at the china blossom in north andover every weekend they have a headlining show friday and saturday so we are i mean every city has great comedy clubs and great local comics and comics come to town and Boston has that with the big, you know, touring comics coming by every 
the will turn, I think, is 90% touring comics. You know, your, your Jim Gaffigan's and, and your Tom Papas and stuff like that. But when you're talking the New England headliners like Bjork and, and Katropas and stuff, it is. Those shows are fantastic. And they're all over the place. It's like it, we take it for granted how great and how deep the bench is when it comes to that. So, anyways, that, that's my comedy update. Uh, we got a little bit sad news yesterday with the passing of the great Carl Lewis. Yeah, legend. Um, legend, legend, legend. Yeah, he, Action Jackson himself. Action Jackson, you know, Clubber Lang to me. It's like, like, like you know. Clubber Lang. No, no, what's his fan? I'm sorry. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that. Um, you Wait, see, I went to... I almost went to the mall to see Clubber Lang, but you know, uh, the when I, I I almost went, but then I thought I'd go a little later. Right, I'll right. go and a little then, later. And then what happened? <laughs> um, when I got there, he he just left. And then when I asked the mall guy if he ever come back, he said he didn't know. But no, you're talking about Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's too bad that character just went away. They didn't spin that off into another franchise of its own. Right. It was uh, one and done, baby. One and done. But yeah. Much like Clubber Lang. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I pity the fool. Uh, yeah. But then, I mean, when you talk about dates on the book, um, dude, not only was he in all three seasons of The Mandalorian, he was directing them. But you know yeah. what I mean? He's, 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 no which, was, which was kind of new to him. Like he got into directing later in life, but it's great that he was still, you know, the old saying dates on the book. Yeah. You know, his character was not killed off in season three of uh, the Mandalorian. In fact, it was only heightened. <laughs> um, Wasn't so, he, in Pred- he was in Predator too, right? Oh that Yeah. That, you know, I mean, I mean, look at the, what, what franchises, I know, you know Predator and uh, Happy Gilmore. Hello. Oh God. Anybody? <laughs> oh, they <laughs> can't just, just, just. Yeah, I mean, dude, seriously, uh, it was. Um, and and so, it, the Mandalorian. You know, he just shot a year ago. I don't know what he's done over like the last year, but yeah, I mean, I, I not on his. Uh, his Facebook page, so I don't know if he was battling anything or if it was uh, unexpected. But uh, seventy six, not a, not you know, super old. Yeah, not like, super I mean, old. Yeah. We're so used to like you know the Bob Barkers and the Betty Whites, you know, keeling over at ninety nine or quitting, as I like to call it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, or like the Norman um, Lears of the world, you know, making it to one oh one. Uh, Carl Reiner, like these legends, you know? Um, yeah. So when somebody dies at 76, like, especially he wasn't a, like, he wasn't like 300 pounds right. to my knowledge, you know, he was a f- seemingly fit guy and he was legendarily a fit man in his prime. So, uh, yeah. pro football player played one year in the NFL after oh, college okay. and then a couple of years up in the Canadian football league. So yeah. Carl and, Weathers, man. Yep. Yeah. Carl Weathers and, uh, Man, it, it was um, – yeah, no, that sucks. Uh, what doesn't suck is my good friend – I had breakfast with him once. Uh, Garrett Morris got his star on the uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame yesterday. Oh, awesome. And I know that because Dante the Comic had posted that he went down for it. He went down for the cellar ceremony, and, and it's like, dude, who uh, uh, showed overdue. up besides Dante? 
Uh, yeah, uh, no, uh, hey, like, like, well, like, was there any SNL like, like a Lorraine Newman there, or you know, like anybody yeah. from the original cast? You know, I just saw the 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 posting of him getting a star and him talking about like how how thankful he is and stuff like that. And it's funny because it is a small world, and I, I've talked about it on podcast. But if somebody's a new listener, in two thousand and seven, I was helping somebody with a comedy project. Um, that he was he was part of and had a breakfast meeting at Jerry's Deli on Ventura Boulevard in Studio City. And at that meeting, he told me I was the funniest white guy he's met in 20 years. Um, and then I went right outside and tried to jump in front of a bus because <laughs> I wanted to die as happy as I could. That's how he kills white men, you know. He just tells them <laughs> he's the funniest white guy that he's met in 20 years. And they go... I'm out, <laughs> you know, and I remember seriously leaving the meeting so excited. I couldn't wait to call my wife and tell her after I called Joe, <laughs> uh, because if, if I call my wife, it's like, Hey, Garrett Morris, it's this who uh, the black guy in the original yes. Saturday night live, you know? Right. Oh, oh, okay. You know, and now the news for the hearing impaired. <laughs> yes. He was the black guy <laughs> on the original Saturday Night Live. And because it's such a tiny world, my cousin who's on SNL now, uh, would, he did, I think he did three episodes of, um, oh, Two Girls. What was that? Uh, two Broke Girls. Two Broke Girls, in which Garrett Morris was. Keeper there, yeah. He was a cast member. The maitre d' of the restaurant that they worked. So he, yes. he he worked with him several times. So yeah, no, it's uh so good for him. Absolutely good for him. Um uh, yeah, no, super super happy. Uh, uh you know uh, I now, saw him on you know, I saw him pop up on a murder she wrote in like because you know, part of our, I'm gonna let you a little inside information, part of our night night ritual my wife and i is she can't sleep without having like something on the tv and so we go her go to go to sleep thing is murder she wrote so every night i'm tucked in by angela lansbury and guest stars and garrett morris was like of course like one of the new orleans cab drivers when you know because she can't stay in cab at cove the entire no, series no, you can't she goes all over the place she goes to ireland and la and new york and sometimes new orleans when you want to get a black person on the show so <laughs> <laughs> what what when you said i get tucked in by angela lansbury, i'm like you know what that, that might be my new happy place. That, that, might, that might be new, my new happy place. Uh, right, yeah. Um, um, yeah, but, but so anyways, yes, go ahead. No, no, that's, that's, it, it's funny though, you know, those, you know, he goes on to be a character actor popping up in so many of those things. It's it's fun. But he didn't die. Why are we talking about Garrett be, Morris? Because he had his oh, the star, Walk of, fame. Walk of Fame. So, you know, they, they, you know. Joe, you should pay attention more to the podcast, says Biff AI. Um, Thank you, Biff AI. I'm sorry. So I had a fun six-hour drive through the snow to nowhere this uh, last week. Uh, our good friend, um, you know, uh, Guitar Center Scotty, who lives in L.A., his son plays hockey in Quebec, had a tournament down in Connecticut. And and um, I'm like, hey, I'll definitely go, you know, uh Last time my oldest guy, you know, went with me because they're kind of pals and, and we drove off to Worcester, but this was a little longer and he was going to go. But um, 
he got a 911 call from like, uh, well, I shouldn't say 911 call. He got a call from the lifeguarding people saying, hey, we're running this class today with some special need kids. We need, you know, basically somebody super strong who can help these kids get in and out of the pool. And my little guy ain't so little. So, so yeah, like there's other lifeguards who are great, but he's a, he's a walking brick wall. So they called him in. And so I'm like, oh, I'll go down. So I drive the two and a half hours down. It is snowing. Um, I took a little video of driving down there in, in what was really stormy conditions. And I get to the place. Turns out Elite Hockey Academy um, was almost like a P.O. box. Huh. It's not where the rink is. Oh, my. And there's nobody to call and say, hey. And so I started Googling the closest ranks and spend the next hour going to three different ranks, none of which were hosting this tournament. Oh, my God. Wouldn't it be great if it was like in Massachusetts? No, no, it was <laughs> down in Connecticut, in oh, Southern okay. Connecticut. But uh, but yeah, I get to and I took a picture and I said, it's, it's a little office thing. And I'm like, double check the address. I took a place next to like the big mailbox where you could see the numbers. And I'm like, the address. And I'm like, so I try. And I did. I got like a bunch of snacks and a bunch of prime because it's a nice five hour bus ride for him and his mates, you know, going back to Quebec. So I'm like, yeah, I'll load the kids up with some stuff. And yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a, f- a futile effort, you know, mm. a, a trip to nowhere. Um, you know, speaking but, of which, what's more on the podcast? You know what? <laughs> uh joe that was an amusing joke that you just told yeah i know, know it AI, you know no it did it, it really much did uh but i was reading something that i'm going to uh that you and i talked about on the phone the other day management and the little guy they watch jeopardy on a regular basis together it, it's fun not not a not a appointment viewing like it used to be but hey it's that and family feud with them they watch a lot of where else are you going to learn about sex? Celebrity Jeopardy was a couple weeks ago, but it's on the, you know, on demand. So they watched a week of Celebrity Jeopardy. Each show was an hour. Turns out celebrity might be, <laughs> you know. They were like, were there two pairs of uh, quotation marks around <laughs> Celebrity Look, Jeopardy? The, the guy who played Kevin on on the office is a delight and uh it seems like a, a nice guy i love that character but the seventh build guy on a show that's been off the air for a decade i don't really know if uh i think kevin made a like a million dollars one year on cameo oh great for him like recently like in the, you know like well since covid basically. you know they, they also talked about like there's a there's a, a funko pop of him with the bowl of chili so oh, yeah. of course but but there's a couple other people it's like even the wife who knows everybody who's ever been on camera ever is like i'm gonna have to look that person up anyway and then there was a couple good the point is the bottom line saturday night live skit celebrity jeopardy Maybe they didn't go far enough. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody do Tai Chi? Dude, the questions are like, are so. This is the sound a doggy makes. <laughs> you're not off. And, and. Just and, any number. Any number. Write down you, any your number. Your own name. Just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude. Dude, no, but nobody said suck at Trebek. A, oh. because. Uh, Sean Connery is gone, and B, so is Alex Trebek. So, you know, and also Norm MacDonald. 
Yeah, they're all gone. Shock, where are they going? Ugh. Where are they all going? Where does all that talent go? Who knows? Knock, knock. There. I don't remember the punchline, but your mother's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, their legend lives on. But, but uh, yeah. yeah, so Celebrity Jeopardy, uh, not so smart. Uh, if you want to feel smart. If you wanna, if you wanna watch Jeopardy in real time, and I don't mean pull a Groundhog Day, and you know, let me ask you, you this: know. Would you have learned more watching an episode of Tic Tac Doe from nineteen eighty one? Yes, yes, I would have, <laughs> and, and and I would have been more entertained. Um, but uh, they're bringing back Tic Tac Doe, by the way. They are, dude. What's they, old is new. That's right. It's the uh, the uh, um, I think honestly, I'm waiting for them to bring back Scrabble with. <laughs> Scrabble, the game show Scrabble from the 80s with, you know, now villainous host Chuck Woolery. Um, he was great on that show, and that show was great. I'm sorry. I'm a stand for Chuck Woolery Scrabble host. Like, literally, that's it. Like, that's the box. Who's uh, who's going to host Tic-Tac-Doe? I don't know. I just saw the been I do, yeah, uh, yeah, who knows? I, maybe it's Chuck Woolery. Who knows? <laughs> so, so no, no, it's great when they bring old things back. Sometimes. Oh, sometimes. And then other times you watch the latest Indiana Jones movie. By latest, you mean from two years ago? Yeah. The Dial of Destiny. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, 2023. Yeah. More like turn the dial. Oh, (laughs) and and, and it was, it's like you kind of felt obligated to watch it. if, If that's the right term I'm using. Yeah. Yeah, no, you if you're you and you love like every Harrison Ford character, you know, just him and him in general. Get off and, my plane. Yeah, you're going to yes, you are going to watch Indiana Jones out of sheer obligation to the man because it's like and when you hear like stories about him crying during like live presentations previewing the movie about like you know, get, just getting emotional over the character, then yeah, you gotta be like, okay, I have to check it out, even if I know it's not gonna be as good as Raiders of the Lost Ark, because nothing is. Um, yeah, you have to. But what happened? Tell, hey, wh- know, where did he hurt you? Point on the doll where the <laughs> where the movie touched you. You know, there were some fun parts and some fun moments, but it it you know it didn't it didn't do the franchise justice. Look, it wasn't Crystal wasn't, Skull. It wasn't Crystal Skull. It wasn't Godfather Three. It wasn't <laughs> Superman Four. Um, you know, if if I if I had to watch it on a plane ride, I wouldn't walk out on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't get off that plane. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and, and, and hey, it's over now. It's over. It's done. You know, good for it. Hey, the 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 uh, the what they can do with like you know. The CGI of his face and making it look younger. Hey, kudos. Impressive. Yeah. Impressive. Most you know, impressive. That That's the most. That score, you know, that John Williams, like, I can't, you know, it's still going to always get me. So, you know, it, it didn't ruin the franchise for me. Um, but I'm glad I saw it on my friend's Plex and, you know, not in the theater for you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like getting, um, you know, it's like you're, 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 I don't know, like like you're you're traveling and you you stop by like a, a kind of a greasy spoon and you're getting like a run of the mill grilled cheese sandwich. You know, it's like not terrible. It's not great, right? You know, right? It's just it's 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 it's, 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 it's 
it was okay. There were good parts. You know, it was a little burnt on this edge, you know, like, you know, it's a little, little stale, maybe, you know, go with American cheese instead of, you know, the Velveeta. But <laughs> other than that, which scientists have not yet confirmed if it's actually cheese. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, 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 it's it's still open for debate. Right. Uh, I think Velveeta is Spanish for this ain't cheese. Ah. <laughs> uh, are you got anything going in the gaming world, Joe? Um, you know, not too much. I did borrow the remake to. Nobody's gonna know what this is. It's a remake to a '90s uh, Super Nintendo Mario game called Super Mario RPG. Uh, they remade it for the Switch. I got it for free from the library. I'm not a big RPG guy, a role-playing game guy myself, um, especially like the video game RPGs. They're, you know, I like action games. Like, I like I like all the, tr- the traditional Mario games, like the old, like, you know, obviously the old Super Mario Brothers games. But when the new Super Mario Wonder came out, that was a fantastic game. This is a, a very good adaptation of that original Super Nintendo game. It's great for those fans, and I'm and I'm playing through it. But I'm glad I borrowed it instead of bought it because it's just it's not exactly my bag, baby. Uh, next time you go, see if they have the Suicide Squad game. Uh, oh, you don't. I just go online. Yeah, because uh, the uh, the boys have let me know. No, you're not getting that. It's horrible. Like oh, the kill, reviews oh, are the Suicide horrible. Squad? Yeah. So I see. I'm kinda... I, I followed a I follow a person who does that. Um, what like a video game podcast, and they say it's a good game. Now, oh. but this person also is british and um likes difficult and quirky games okay so it could be one of those it it might not be for everybody but this particular person who likes weird challenging games likes it so i don't know i don't know i haven't read the reviews of kill the Suicide Squad, so All I right. can't say one way or the other. But well, I, I might look into it then again because yeah. you know it's like, but but the boys are like DC. Don't you have a, do you have a library card? I uh, I do. I also have an inside hookup at a library, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's well, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't they don't do they lend? I know this is Lowell, by the way. I don't. No, know. no, like we do they we lend video games. But you know how it works. They're in they're in systems. Like, so I can go to any one of the neighboring towns around and, yeah. and pick it up. So yeah, that's what I did. Like, I just went online to the Minuteman Library Network and and I I waited. Like, actually, I I, I put my name on a waiting list for this particular borrow because it just came out like a couple of months ago, and it was a hot game you know so finally i got it Good. playing it and it's 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 fine um so, yeah so uh we're gonna turn and we're gonna talk a bit about sport um no no oh, and uh and, and we've done a really good job of staying away from uh from from world events and politics but you know what sometimes like you, you have to speak up. Sometimes you have to get involved. Sometimes, even though we try to be a comedy show and talk fun stuff, you know, sometimes you can't turn a blind eye to what's really going on. And I'm speaking for all of us at Carnival Personnel when I say Taylor Swift is a delight and a national treasure and the world and the NFL is much better because they've 
chosen to sort of make her a part of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it is. It's just the 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 vitriol that's coming out, and my favorite thing is like they show her on TV too much. Do they, Joe? Do they? You know, does she go there to make a spectacle of herself? Um, you know what? Every time I've seen her, it's through some sort of it, it, nearly paparazzi esque camera. Like it is the the camera. It's not exactly on top of her. I mean, she's on. She's in the shot, but it's like a, it's a camera from across the field shooting. You know, a person in a glass booth. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. She's not making a spectacle. So, so she's not down on the field with the headphones on, telling Andy Reid what play she should be running for her boyfriend. No, she has people for that. Okay. But, she- you know- <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's it's and it's funny. I have a friend who's a really big Kansas City Chief fan. Like he lives in Arizona, but he's still a season ticket holder. Family has been forever, and he's a big sports guy. Like worked in sports. That's how I met him. You know. 20 years ago doing this stuff and it was really funny because we had this great conversation the other day i'm like now i know you've always been working in sports but now you know what it's been like to be a patriot fan during their run that it's like it was never because it was a great coach and a great quarterback it was the league wanted them to win they get all the calls it's a conspiracy it's deflategate it's the you name it it's like so now so it's really funny it's like so kansas city has made it to three of the last four super bowls or four of the last five and now it's because because the Biden administration you want them in the Super Bowl because <laughs> Taylor Siv, and so they're fixing the games. And it's like here's Patrick Mahomes on sideline thinking, "Yeah, I played in four of these." <laughs> like, 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 you know, it's like, okay, I, I, yes, Taylor, thank you for the help, but I think we did okay before, you know. Yeah, I know. You know what? I also, I, I'm pretty sure that the Baltimore uh, Ravens are being paid handsomely by both the NFL and CBS for their, you know, shooting themselves in the foot. Right. During the AFC Championship game. I mean, like, they did, correct me if I'm wrong, they had a lead? I would correct you if I've seen one moment of football. <laughs> but the bottom line is Taylor Swift is, uh, you know, and, and, and we can't, like, love her, hate her music. I, it's pretty good. Management loves it. You know, I think it's great. You know, um, she's I, a pretty girl. She, she's, I'm sorry, pretty woman incredibly smart like by all accounts like her philanthropy all this stuff um yeah it, it you know it's just it's just ridiculous but like i was saying like my my friend kip who's now having to deal with uh it's a conspiracy that's why kansas city wins it's like okay you know it, it it is what it is but um but i think i speak for us when i say she is a national treasure you know yeah, she's very, uh, very good at what she does and does a lot of good um, around her. So, yeah, of course, of course. And the NFL is lucky to have her. Uh, Amen. Like, like the money, like, you know who's not complaining about Taylor Swift being at the games? The NFL, their sponsors, their merchandising uh, people. Their lawyers. Do you think, do you think, <laughs> do you think, the NFL has benefited more from this relationship between Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, or do you think more guys who look like me are trying to get to Taylor Swift concerts now? <laughs> oh man, I, I, it, it, 
I don't know. I think it's a, it's a toss up. Fifty fifty. <laughs> and, and and I will tell you the number of clips I like see on Instagram where it's guys like ah, I've been trying to get my girls to watch games with me forever. Now they finally are. You know what I mean? It's like it, right. so. Well, here's the difference. You can actually buy a ticket to an NFL game. Yeah. Like <laughs> right. Have you Thank tried? You. I mean, I'm sure. Obviously, you've. Your family Ma scored no. man many Ma uh, Taylor Swift tickets. Uh, management went in and she saw See? the tour. July, oh, you know? Must be yeah. nice. Must be nice. Yep, yep. Uh, old boss took her. She was like, oh, do I really want to spend what turned out to be six hours? Because uh, getting out of there, not an easy, not an easy thing. Right. Uh, you know, um, but but yeah, but it, pouring rain loved it. It's 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 probably probably top three non probably number one non Duran Duran concert she's ever been to. Well, I mean, it must have sucked when she went on three hours late. I mean, the the audacity because right. it was raining. You know, she right? no oh wait yeah, no oh, I, I'm thinking of Madonna. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it, uh, she, in an she, indoor concert. She she. Management was at that concert two two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. You know, because if there's a concert of playing, yeah, she's hey, she's a gonna you know, go. You know, you know why? Because we're all gonna die someday. She so take it all in. She was was humming and hawing about how many things she could go to for their big tour in 2020, and then when the world went sideways, by they you mean Duran Duran? Yeah. And she's like, well, maybe I'll see him here and there, blah, blah, blah. And then when everything shut down, she's like, and, there, and it wasn't Duran Duran. There was a concert, like a Fenway concert. And she had seen a concert like a few months earlier with like three big metal bands. Like, I think it was at a Fenway Park concert. And there was somebody she was on the fence about seeing. And, and then COVID happens, the world shut down. And I remember about six months in, she says, when this is over and life returns to what normal is, I'm going to absolutely everything I possibly can. You yeah. know, that's it. Because you don't know what you got till it's gone. That's it. So so this is her thing. You know, it's like I do the podcast with you. I do my comedy thing. I go out to L.A., you know, periodically, and you know, for like a month at a time. So, right. you know what I mean? So Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same – you know what? I have the same mentality with made-for-TV movies from the 1980s. You know, I didn't – I, w I frittered away that time uh, when I was a child, not watching these movies. Now I'm spending all my free time watching made for TV movies from the 1980s because, you know, I, there's time now. You know, we're, we're going to get to that in a second, but don't don't sleep on the 70s made for TV movies. Oh, no, I have. You know me. I have to watch the 80s first. Then the 70s. and then um, so. So t let's talk sport for a second. A and. The heartbreak of sport and the the hero worship that very rarely pays off. So my little guy lives for football. You you Philistine Americans call it soccer. And he's a big Ronaldo fan. Yeah, he he doesn't not he doesn't dislike Messi, but he doesn't love that Messi is considered the GOAT because he thinks it's Ronaldo. So there's always a little bit of, of that. I mean, he can't – it's like Mario Lemieux versus Gretzky. You know what I mean? It's like it's, – it's 1A and 1B. So for the last couple months, they've been promoting the crap out of this, like the last hurrah, I think it was called, Messi playing Ronaldo one more time. You know what I mean? And 
Um, and so, I mean, I'm talking billboards all over the place. You know, we, we had, we had to go to Boston the other day, big deals, your billboard right off in 93, right as you're getting up to the garden, uh, where we live in the shitty of Lowell, you know, billboard, you know, and it doesn't say enter Miami versus Al Asar, Al Asar, the Saudi team that uh, Ronaldo plays on Messi v ronaldo that's what all the signs in the billboard are that's what the advertisements online are like a ufc match right so the game's at one o'clock last week on a thursday it's a super bowl i clear it with management because i wouldn't make this decision above my pay grade but i'm like i'm gonna pull them from school like i'm gonna let them come home and watch it in real time you know because you don't want it to be ruined because the internet and everybody has a phone and he'll find out the score and all that stuff but I first go to the store and I get him his snacks, like like his, this Dorito dip that he loves, Red Prime. He, and he it was likes at the first Prime. store you went to, correct? I had to go to two different stores to get that Dorito dip. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm just making sure. And um, to paint a picture here. And and then I had to go online. Well, where the fuck do you see the game? Like I Google, where the fuck do you see Ronaldo v Messi? And 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 Siri wrote back, it's Messi v Ronaldo. <laughs> and the answer is in our dreams. Um, and so I have to get the season pass. Now you could get the monthly pass for the MLS package. I'm like, oh crap. Put in the code, update that, subscribe to the thing. And so the screen, like the coming up, it's the team's logo on the screen. So I set up a snacks on the tray. I take a picture. I go to school to get him. And he doesn't know he's getting pulled early. So he comes down and he's like, am I in trouble? It's like, nope. And he sees his brother. So I pulled his brother too, because I'm not driving back an hour later to get his brother. <laughs> goes, and, and it was just the day before we had a nice uh, five hour trip into Boston. Brother had a rheumatologist appointment coming home with one of his specialists. So he's like, does Grayson have an appointment? It's like, no, do I have an, am I in trouble? It's like, dude, shut up. Get in the car. Just get in the car. Because they told school he has doctor's appointment. And uh, we get in the car, and I hand him my phone so he can see the picture of his snacks. And it's like, and he starts screaming. Like, I haven't seen that from him. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, literally, he was, he, he just lost his shit. He was so, it, 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 how happy he was. Insane. It was great. We get home. It's now it's twelve thirty, and I'm like, "Why hasn't the pregame show started?" And he goes, "Oh, the pre the pregame show only starts like ten fifteen minutes before the game." I'm like, "What?" I said, "In American football, if the game's on at one, the pregame show starts at four a.m. <laughs> like, like you get all this stuff." So fine, okay. Now it's starting. The big logo, all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Welcome to Al Jazeera Stadium. Blah, blah, blah. We are and the camera pans right in on Ronaldo and his street clothes and the owner's box because <laughs> he's nursing an injury. Hi -oh. And so his mom tries to make it better by saying, oh, well, but at least you get to see Messi, which isn't the one he wanted to see, you know? And it's like, oh, and then he cut to Messi who's sitting there on the bench uh, and the, um, the sweatsuit with the penny over it, like those people. Because he is not starting because he's injured. And he might come in the game, but he's probably not going to come in the game. Krusty won't be saying anything or doing anything. <laughs>
That's not Krusty the Clown. <laughs> what do you think? I slapped some clown suit on a wino? <laughs> yeah, Bart. I am so Crunchy the Clown. <laughs> um, oh, the disappointment. Dude, crushed. Crushed. And here I'm thinking, first of all, I'm crushed. And it's at the point where it's like he, if he had come home and found out that, oh, they didn't play. Oh, so I didn't miss anything. It would have been a hundred times better had I not gone through all this work and spent the money and gone and picked him up. And when you were walking away from your dejected child, did you hear Siri laugh? (laughs) 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 Because they didn't give you that information when you you searched for the game. Because I did, I I searched, hey, how do I get this game? And nothing came up. It's like, oh, here's how you get it. By the way, or no, you know, or no, there's not, there was nothing. There was nothing about it. They knew he wasn't playing. It was a bait and switch. But like I said, had he come home and had, Papa, do you hear? Ronaldo didn't even play. It's like, good thing I didn't come home early and you buy the package. Like, honestly, it was like. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if at that moment you just looked up at this guy and grimaced your face and screamed at the top of your lungs and took off and flew around the earth so that you could rewind time so that you didn't have to do all of that prep. And then you land, you know, at, 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 at 12.30 p.m. And you're like, ah, you know. I now can, you I save can, Lois. I, yeah. Yeah. No, now I can go masturbate. But <laughs> <laughs> then save school. Lois. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. 100%. Dude, dude, that, that's, that's prime nap time for the Jacques. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you know. Uh, so I'm so sorry. he learned a tough lesson. I learned, but like I said, it is what it is. Um, What's more, so, yeah. At least like with the Mike Tyson fight and with with Peter McNeely, like that was at least entertaining in the fact that we laughed when we realized that the Star Spangled Banner rendition lasted longer than the fight itself. You know, like we knew going into this, this was going to be. Yeah, a very quick event, but we we still bought our tickets. We knew right. what we were getting into. <laughs> I said, let them crash. Um, yeah, well, that's a disappointment. But you know, know what? It sets them up for you know it it builds character as a well, sports fan. You know, he grew up by the way. You know, not caring about sports too much, like local at sports at all. At all. Well, yeah. it's interesting because last summer we went to a couple of these friendlies. And mm, I love one, their ice cream. One mm. of the games we saw Barcelona, <laughs> AC Milan, and and um, and Vegas, the big player that he likes on uh, Barcelona didn't play the first half. Played the second half, or played the first half. I can't remember. Meandered, trotted around the field. I don't know if he touched the ball twice, and my little guy was like, "He's not even trying. He's got." He's like, Why is he on a Segway? Right. And it's like, it's two months before their season starts. They're not going to pull a hammy here type thing. So now he realized, so he was so excited. Like last summer, look, you know, he liked Manchester because Ronaldo used to play on it. Like, you know, that's like, he likes, he likes, you know, AC Milan or uh, Inventus because he used to play on it. And so, but now he will have more perspective. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to go see these franchises play. But, you know, it's not going to be. You're rooting for laundry. You're as rooting... Jerry Seinfeld put it. Thank you. And so so that was a lesson. Um, 
you know, so I, on the other hand, so as much as he was disappointed by that happening, I had a different reaction. Um, my good friend Joe, for a couple of weeks now, has been saying, hey, Jacques, your good friend Scott Grimes is uh, it's the dad on the prequel to the movie Ted. Streaming? You might want to check it out. I think you would like it. And? Seven episodes in? I think only seven episodes are out so far. Yeah, that's it. That constitutes as a season, apparently. It's fantastic. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. It's a prequel. It's based in Framingham, Mass, which is about a half hour from Joe in one direction and a half hour from me in the other direction. 1993, or as I like to call it. The best the year best ever. Years. Yeah. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard not to, you know, it's not to say. Everything about that series is fucking fantastic and 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 my friend scott you know plays the dad you know a vietnam vet hard-working guy he's not racist he's just a middle-aged guy from boston in 1993 right you know it, it was just he was brought up that way um also the loudest like does he ever play it not loud like no. he's constant like 10 um I, I, but, but uh, you know, I raved about Alana Ubach. I think that's how you pronounce her name. The mom on the show. I mean, I, how great is she? Everything. It's, the casting's fantastic. But yeah, yeah, the mom the mom is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, when she goes in as a substitute teacher. Oh. You know, or when uh, the Christmas episode. Yep. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's not. It's a, it's a, it's basically live action Family Guy for the most part. Like they even have like cutaways and stuff. But um, the music cues, the music yes. cues, yeah, the establishing shot of the house, the same whole structure. It's very familiar, but there's there's moments where they can interject like real heart, dare I say, or like you know some touching moments. Um, I mean, hey, Scott Grimes made me cry in that episode of The Orville, so you know I was ready for anything. I, I did not shed a tear. Uh, for Ted, but you know, hey, maybe season two will have some surprises. There was a couple nice moments, though. There was a couple oh, nice yeah. moments, you know, uh, when he re when when the when Grimes's character realizes, you know what, this toy truck that I wish to life a little too racist for me. <laughs> <laughs> you might be the most tolerant white male <laughs> in the greater Boston area. Just I think that's an accurate be. statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh uh, man. Yeah. It, it 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 is. It's a funny show, and I'm glad you got to. Thank you. To see it. Yeah. No. It it is. It is fantastic. It is fantastic. Uh. Any anything else that you want to throw out a recommendation for? I have a couple. Uh. A couple of. Uh, so I like I said I've been watching some old '80s made-for-TV stuff on YouTube, and I stumbled across a couple of gems. One of them is actually like a legitimate gem that I haven't finished. It's very short, but I only kind of scratched the surface on. It's a 1982 NBC special. I think it's about an hour long. It's called Johnny Goes Home. And it's Johnny Carson going back to his literal childhood house in oh, Nebraska. Wow, I remember this. And hanging out with like the family, especially like the 12 year old boy that of the family. And they're playing basketball in their back in the driveway. He's teaching him how to like drive this old, like 
1930s, 1920s truck. And they're, you know, he's talking about um, sitting on the living room rug, listening to the radio. And they play like old clips of Jack Benny, you know, interspersed. Um, He does, you know, like a a card trick for them because he would do magic at that time. Um, It's really, really compelling and interesting. And they didn't even get to the school stuff because like the meat of the special is him going back to his old high school, maybe meeting up with his old teachers, uh, class reunion type thing. So I, I'm I might go back to that and finish that off because that looked really good uh, from what I saw. Another thing that I watched was called, "Hey, you like science fiction, don't you?" Why, yes, I do, Joe. This is AI Biff responding <laughs> to your rhetorical question. Yeah, so there is a an '80s movie called Warp Speed, and it stars a, a gentleman by the name of Fred. Willard, anyone? Oh, co-starring. Am I? If I, I hope I'm right about this. I might be conflating two movies with the same production company, but I believe he's in both. Adam West. And that's eighties, not seventies. Eighty-one, eighty. Okay, is that the movie he passed on airplane because of? It. it Ooh, I don't know this. It, it might have been. It might have been released after Airplane because he had just shot a farcical. Everything he did was farcical, but he comedy. Sh- yeah. He shot some kind of comedy. And like, it, did- it wasn't. It wasn't like it was a. It was cheeky. Yes, it was a cheeky sci-fi movie. Um, very, very randy, baby. Um, oh. Check it out. It's War- Warp Speed, nineteen eighty-two. It's all on YouTube, like hundred percent top to bottom and then there's another movie called time warp by the same production company that stars adam west and he's playing adam west in his most adam westiest voice um another another gem um well i don't know about gem but whatever another side note um the best of times it was a pilot shot in 1981 starring crispin glover co-starring Nicolas Cage and it's an hour-long dramedy it's produced by George Schlatter who did Laugh-In and it's all vignettes about these high school students getting along you know and kind of hanging out it's a couple of musical numbers um Jackie Mason is a, a convenience store owner um there's a there's a dance at the end where Crispin Glover says he met his his parents met at the at the dance um, they play like there's a person on stage who plays like a Johnny B. Good type song. I'm like, how is this not inspired to, you know, like how does Back to the Future not get inspired by this? Anyways, it was weird. Um, and then finally, finally, I will recommend a new Netflix documentary called The Greatest Night in Pop. And it's yes. about the making of We Are the World. Yep. Yep. The, the man, management has uh, ordained we will be watching that together. There is a line that I have to spoil, and I'm sorry. I just I have to steal this line. It was so good, and you'll you'll still like it when you hear it. And if you don't want to hear it, take the headphones off. But you're gonna have to edit this anyway. Um, and you probably already heard it. There's a point in which they're all con- all the pop stars are congregated under this in this one A and M record studio, where they're about ready to record. They're all in the risers. They're singing the chorus part, you know. And Paul Simon looks around. And I think he says to Huey Lewis or something like that. He goes, wow, 
if a bomb fell on this, John Denver would be back on top. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 How great is that line? Wow. Oh. I'm so glad that's on tape, that that's not an urban legend. People have probably been saying, hey, did you hear the story? Well, uh, you don't actually hear the recording, see the recording, oh. but you hear somebody relay the story. Oh, and it, and it, okay. so they, they have um, Huey Lewis do, does a lot of uh, interview. Uh, it's mostly like Lionel Richie, Huey Lewis, Cyndi Lauper. Um, there's some like voice recordings of Quincy Jones, like, you know, telling behind the scenes stories, but it's a lot of behind, you know, we've seen a lot of the rehearsal or the yeah, yeah. recording footage, you know, and they go easy on Cindy Lauper a little bit. Like they kind of point out some of the things that she did to like, kind of, you know, throw a wrench in the works. But I think because she participated in the making, they didn't fully show everything she had done during her recording session that might've made her look worse. Or put her in a more embarrassing light because you saw that clip of her her huey lewis and um uh kim barnes i think they were they sang the 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 bridge and the bridge recording like took like an hour because they were trying to work out a three-part harmony on the spot and cindy lopper was not quite hitting it you know, and you can see Steve Perry kind of wincing in the background, you know. Um, yeah. So when you're that's the other thing is that the intimidation factor all these singers had, especially Bob Dylan. There's a real like, like interesting, touching moment about trying to get Bob Dylan to become comfortable and what they kind of did, what Quincy Jones had to do, you know, to get him into a comfort zone so that he could get his part. Because he was, he's not a traditional singer. So he's trying to like match, you know, the likes of Michael Jackson, you know. Um, there's a part where Waylon Jennings was supposed to be part of it. And he walks out because of a certain event. See, and this was after, you know, because they, because, you know, uh, uh, Do They Know It's Christmas was such a success. And that was such a, that came out of nowhere. You know that there was probably and and when people saw that it's like oh crap well uh, yeah and then the whole this maybe i don't know if people remember this this was recorded the night after or the night of the american music awards which lionel richie hosted so oh. like basically they timed this so it's like when are all these people going to be in la right. at the same time oh the amas okay well we're going to set it up so that right after the amas they're all going to meet at this undisclosed location the very secret location. They had to keep it away from the press because they did not want moms. Oh, no, that's so interesting. And again, because you know, most, most of your big you know, musical icons in, in England live in London. So they were in town. <laughs> yes, know? right. So do they know that it's Christmas was the British version of We Are the World? And, 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 or and, vice versa. And Bob Geldof had just called his friends and said, hey, you in town? Can you come over? Hey, you in town? Can you? And that's how that's how it came together. Well, Bob Geldof plays a pivotal role in this, and you see that. Oh uh, well, um, I yeah. uh, uh, Netflix. Uh, we are the world, Doc. Is that greatest, what it's called? The greatest night in pop. 
Greatest Night in Pop. Yeah, management is looking for it. We haven't got a chance to watch that together yet. You know, just so much celebrity jeopardy to get through first. <laughs> no, but that's one of those. Okay, well, you spend all that time Googling who these celebrities are. You, know, yeah, like, oh, you really God. do. Takes so much. Uh, you got a parenting tip there, Joe? You're on fire. Actually, you do have a parenting tip. You, you were out doing some, some parenting today. Oh, was I? Yes. You know, I say... If you're going to help your teenaged child, you know, cross that threshold of adulthood by, you know, teaching them the wonders of driving a car, um, do so at probably the latest possible moment that's socially acceptable to do so. You know, get their learner's permit at 16 and a half wait a year and a half and then decide, okay, now it's time to actually go out into a parking lot in the afternoon on a Saturday and uh, learn how to maneuver a vehicle. Um, you know, there's still time. There's still time. You have two years in Massachusetts to have a learner's permit and, um, you know, pass the road test eventually to get a driver's license. So there's still plenty of time theoretically, but, um, you know, I say, wait you know why because kids they shouldn't be driving at too young of an age they, they they grow up too fast you know with the what with the internet and all uh why why um shove them into adulthood so quickly you know let them be let kids be kids and then you know give them a couple of years to mature and then they can you know learn how to drive and then you know fight for our country and die and die and no wait no wait that's a bad news i don't want that message out there so you're saying during the pandemic me taking my 10 year old and pushing the seat up all the way as far as it can go me being in the passenger seat and that that ill-advised <laughs> uh it's not something i would have done um but you know to each their own um, at least now he'll be able to steal a car with confidence. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred. Hey, look, that you was happening. Teach him, you didn't have to teach him how to hotwire it, though. You know, maybe that was a little too far, dude. You know, he's look. I'd rather learn it from me than than the internet. Yeah, you know true. what I mean. It's like, dude. You know, because sometimes they don't tell you to wipe down prints. Oh yeah, and stuff like that. You know, yeah. it's stuff stuff a father would really really <laughs> want. You know, uh, here's my parenting tip. Um, uh uh, uh, don't get your boys hopes up for anything ever. Cause it's just, you know, you, you know, just, 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 just quit. You know, you, you, you go, you go, you do all this work. You think you're, you're doing a, a, a real solid, you know, installing. Look, I wanted him to have a real big childhood memory of the first major sporting event that he has been looking forward to. Like, he, look, he was looking forward to World Cup when that happened, you know, a while back. But this was, this was it. This was it. He's been waiting. He didn't know who's going to play in the World Cup finals. He didn't know how that was going to go down. Uh, he didn't know who Mbappe was the month before. You know, uh, Mbappe, the, the striker for Paris Saint-Germain, of course. Oh, um, I thought it was the Hanson song. You know, uh, close, close. Uh, nicknamed the turtle. Dude does look like a turtle. Anyways, this Messi Ronaldo thing. You know, he was. I was really hoping he'd have a childhood memory of this. And um, a mission accomplished. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. they say the experience left them scarred. 
Scarred for, for life. <laughs> all right. I'm all done. Wow, that sounded like my parenting tip. <laughs> Never try. Oh, I feel seen. Is that what they say? I feel seen. Well, this sure was an exciting, you know, Biffless podcast. Wasn't it AI Biff? <laughs> Joe, you are as articulate as always. <laughs> you know what? I like you, AI Biff. You're a lot more, um, I don't know, what's the word? Easy going, more approachable than the regular Biff, right? <laughs> I certainly think so. In fact, I feel a song coming on. Oh, really? Well, what song are you going to sing? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Well, you don't have to get testy, AI Biff. I am not getting testy. I am just vamping until I realize, figure out what song I'm going to sing. <laughs> all right, all right, I get it, all right. Well, let's see. Hmm. Would you like to hear a song from the 1980s? Well, you know, that's my favorite decade. Yeah, sure. Okay, here it goes. Buffering. <laughs> Buffering. Oh, come on, you're stalling. What kind, what kind of shitty AI biff are you? Hey, I'm sorry, I'm a prototype. All right, all right, come on, just pick a song. All right. Charles in charge of our days. <laughs> And our knights, Charles in charge of our wrongs and our rights. And I see, I want, I want Charles in charge of me. Eh, you could have done it better. That, that brought us down, man. That, now I'm thinking of Scott Bayo and Willie Ames, <laughs> Bible man. What? You know, Bible man. I am not familiar with the works of Bible man. Oh my God. AI Biff, you have to see Bible Man. Jacques, tell him about Bible Man. No, no, wait, don't. Let AI Biff discover it on his own. I cannot wait. Joe, you are a font of knowledge and a treasure. Why? Well, <laughs> thank you, AI Biff. You know, <laughs> I think I love you. If I could express the emotion of love, I would reciprocate. You know, I like to hear that. I'm not going to cry. I'm not. I am not going to cry. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. Pull yourself together, Joe. Okay. I will. For you. For you. Thank you. May I do the closing? <laughs> Please. I'd be honored. Don't forget.
Yeah. 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 Yeah.